Greetings, your ears and your podcast platforms. Do not deceive you. This is not the normal episode of a blog to watch weekly. This is a special episode and you can expect to hear a few more of these as time goes along. David, tell us what we've got in store for this particularly enjoyable and special episode that we recorded, although it's not about Geneva Watch Days. Yes, uh, welcome everybody. I think this is a very special episode. We get to chat for over half an hour with Fabrizio Buonamassa, who's the head of design of Bulgari Watches and has been for a great many years and is responsible for a great many amazing designs, including the Octofinissimo, of course. And we dive into not just that, but also if you are interested in Italian design, in Japanese design, and in the unlikely yet fascinating ways that these two can come together or clash together and how a huge Italian luxury powerhouse like Bulgari works with Japanese architects and designers whom, you know, if you're like me, you've probably never heard about and how these result in incredible watches like the Sejima limited edition that we just saw exactly 20 minutes before this recording was taken, then boy, this is the podcast for you. Yeah, I think the one thing I would emphasize about this is this is a must listen because this guy is the real deal. Oh. And there is proper insight, pulling back the curtain, if you like, on actually how it all works. It's a full retrospective of the Octofinissimo as tied into Japanese design. David, any particular thing you think folks should really listen out for? Wow, uh, you know, I think it's more a preparation thing. If you're in a position to do that, just make sure that you can carve out this next 30 minutes. Sit back, relax and just uh, just enjoy it is recommended that you go to blogtowatch.com slash watch-brands-bulgari. It's not as difficult as it sounds. You just go there. We have a tag for Bulgari and, of course, all other watch brands that we write about on a blog to watch. And there you can find all the Bulgari-related articles on a blog to watch. And it makes it super easy to find the watches that we are talking about throughout this podcast. And there'll also be show notes for this episode as well. So go and check them out. And if you actually do know how to use a mouse, you can just like click on the menu at the top that says brands and click on B and click on Bulgari. Don't worry about all that typing nonsense. Ooh. Yeah, as, spe as, <laughs> as special people that have mice. Slick, slick. <laughs> so without further ado, and pointing out that this recording was made live with all three of us in a tiny little room somewhere in Geneva, it's over to our recording. Enjoy. Greetings and welcome to a very special recording, uh, a blog to watch weekly. And we are meeting, David, tell us who we're meeting with. We're meeting with Fabrizio Buonamassa. He's the head of design of Bulgari Watches. He certainly is. Ciao, ciao. How are you? Very well. Welcome in the Bulgari booth. We are at Geneva Watch Days 2022, third year in a row that Bulgari is here. Yeah exhibiting some of the mid-year launches that we have had a chance to see. Some new Japanese limited editions that yes. we will dive into very shortly. <laughs> yes, Japan and Italian design <laughs> and Bulgari seems to be the theme of the day. You know, Japanese and Italian in terms of aesthetics, some elements in common. Good taste for proportions, session for details. I think maybe that's why we, we love to work with Japanese guests in our collection. So they reach out to you or you reach out no, to them? No, uh, we have to say thank you to the Japanese team that have a lot of ideas and find a way to play, let me say, with very important Japanese artists or Japanese uh, architects. Everything was started thanks to Kamine, 
one of the most important uh, dealer in, uh, in Japan and uh, he makes a limited edition with us to celebrate uh, his 100th anniversary, 111 anniversary if I remember well and uh, he invites uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto mm-hmm. to the event and Ryuichi played the pianos and make a composition for us and the watch was a mute repeater so the idea of the music and the idea of the, the ultratin movement was uh, super well expressed during the event it was something very very emotional and after Yuichi Sakamoto we started to collaborate with uh, Hiroshi Senju an artist uh, very well known for the waterfalls and very well known in Japan but even around the world that he has his own museum in Japan a beautiful museum beautiful made by Sejima between Sejima and Hiroshi Senju, we have the pleasure to play with uh, Tadao Ando, one of the most incredible architects that we have today still alive. Even Sejima is, uh, is, is the s- on the same level. With Tadao, the collaboration was fantastic because we met Tadao in his own studio in Osaka and this was already in a very interesting experience. The studio was full of books, four different floors, and the wall around the studio was completely full of books and maquette of the architectural element from Tadao. Tadao says, Fabrizio, uh, I'm honest with you, it's difficult to make a watch better than the Octofinissimo in Titanium. I don't know what's going on with this collaboration. I, I don't know if my, uh, I'm able to do something better than the Octofinissimo that you already have. I say, Tadao, thank you very much. This is the biggest uh, achievement <laughs> of my career. But I think that you're going to make something very unique. And Tadao disappeared for four months. Uh-huh. Sometimes send an email, we need this drawing, we need this drawing. But it was very, very a simple request. And after, that's it. After four months, we receive an email with the renderings, uh, with the, the, the dial that you, you have on the Tadao Ando first collection, but with the story of the black hole. He was impressed by the first picture uh, of the black hole. And say, Fabrizio, this is the origin of the world, the origin of the life. I w- would love to put the black hole on top of the watch. But I say, Tadao, this is the problem because it's an ultra thin watch and the thickness of the dial, it's, uh, it's, it's nothing. But he was able to find a way. And he makes the rendering of the watch with the 12, the 6, and all the indexes and the Bulgari logo. I say, Tadao, we don't need it. We re- I re- want to remove all the things. This is your dial, and we're going to remove the logo, we're going to remove the 12, all the indexes, on the, all the Bulgari elements from the dial. He was shocked about that. He say, thank you so much, this is an amazing gift. And the watch was uh, on, uh, on the production. I love even the second one. Mm. The second one was made totally alone even better than the previous one. Mm-hmm. I prefer the second one because on the second one, I'll say, we start to see the light at the end of the black hole and you start to have this slice of the moon. For me, the second dial is a perfect representation of the Japanese garden. In terms of proportions, in terms of elements, uh, it's absolutely empty, but it's absolutely full of things. And even the center of the black hole, the spiral, it's not exactly at the center of the small second counter. This was a special request from, uh, from Tadao. Why is that? It's a matter of proportions. It's a matter of this is the way that I have in mind. We don't need to have the center of the spiral exactly at the center of the second counter. <laughs> it's too easy. Everybody can do it. Yeah. But we try to have a different point of view. And now with the Sejima, all this kind of... After Tadawando, we made just uh, a collaboration with Japanese architects and artists via Zoom. 
it was the lockdown, it mm -hmm. was the COVID. So it's very frustrating because it's sometimes it's not so easy to talk about something that you cannot touch. It's just an emotion. And via Zoom uh, with the camera, I make a lot of sketches. I have to show the sketches and it starts to become sometimes very tough. But uh, with Sejima, during the first Zoom, uh, Sejima made a presentation about the Sejima style, uh, way to imagine uh, the volumes, the proportions, uh, the aesthetics, uh, and uh, incredible things. But I was shocked and impressed by the invisible train. It was a train made in polish uh, steel, completely chrome surfaces that is invisible because reflect the environment. I say, wow, this is a very interesting concept for two kind of reasons. First of all, we have uh, the opportunity to play with the uh, material in a different way. Still, we never made a watch with a full polish uh, surfaces. And the second point, uh, it works on the idea of the ultra, ultra, ultra thin watch. In a certain moment, you have to say stop because you have physical uh, constraints about the components. But you can work with your imagination to say the most uh, thin watch is going to be the invisible watch. So right. you have the invisible train and I wanna want to make the invisible watch. And this is my next obsession. And I say we're going to have uh, a full chrome watch, polish. So case, bracelet, dial, hands. Which is what the Sejima edition exactly. of today is. Yeah. When you read the time, you see your face, so you are your time. Mm -hmm. All these kind of things put together makes a very simple execution, a full polish watch. But all the imagination behind, it's very interesting. When you see the watch, nobody can explain. You see just a full watch with a mirror dial, with the chrome surfaces. But when you I start to explain the story, it's become even more interesting. Because uh, during the vacation, I was on uh, in Italy on the, at the sea and at a certain moment I, I post a picture of my wrist without the watch it was just a picture of like a white bar <laughs> yes, <yeah>. exactly <laughs> I put the picture and say the next octo finissimo because it's something that you cannot touch right and the idea was in the same direction to have something that it start to become invisible that start to become uh, next level so uh, it was a bit a bit the story behind the octo finissimo ultra because the idea of the QR code, uh, I'll tell you, I can talk for two, three hours. If you have some questions or okay. if you want to change the topic, <laughs> yeah. feel free because I otherwise... I've Japanese design to cover, we've got QR codes to cover, exactly. we've got cars to cover. Now it's like three or four the different QR code. podcasts. Okay. I just wanted to intersect saying that, you know, I, in my mind, what makes an icon sometimes is that it turns into a canvas and it can carry different, very different executions and ideas with dignity, right? So you look at the, you could, mirror polish any watch and yet yeah, it's exactly. the octo finissimo that yeah. looks like this and carries this mes message when it's when it's finished like because this. it's something that it works with the concept of the ultra thin yeah exactly it, it works very well and it, this was my sparkle let me say in, in my mind say it, it fits with the octo finissimo concept first of all because we are very well known to use just one material and one finishing on the of the old watch and this is the, the with the chrome uh, is exactly the same uh, evolution so it's going to be an interesting evolution and after the concept of the invisible watch and the ultra thin watch on the ultra thin execution it makes sense it's funny enough that's why we decided to go ahead in this direction right but there's also the irony of the fact that yeah. this is one of the most visible watches yes, ever exactly because <laughs> it's <laughs> A, you, a flick of the wrist is it can be seen a hundred years this is Bulgari it's made with a lot of very strong contrast uh, you see at our history is the unique brand able to turn a gas pipe in a luxury icons yeah. we start to use the tubo gas in the late 30s and uh, the story of the serpent is still today we have the tubo gas it's one of the most uh, well-known product around the world about Bulgari but still today for us it's difficult to say maybe impossible to say if we are talking about uh, timepieces or, uh, or jewelry products 
it's a Bulgari product that is the, uh, the perfect definition and the Sejima is exactly the same it's something that you cannot expect but this is at the origin of the Octofinissimo story we were uh, looking for our path uh, after the totally and full integration of the Manufacture des Autrologeries that we bought in uh, 1999 the idea was to find our path and we discovered this amazing know-how uh, to make ultra-thin watches but he said guys we need an aesthetics because today on the market you can find a lot of product not just watches but a lot of product with an amazing know-how in terms of technology with a very old or uh, ugly style or sometimes you can find a very beautiful product but with a very old know-how mechanics technology and this is doesn't make sense because as Italian uh, we we love to talk about beauty beauty for us is not a philosophical concept beauty is uh, something that you can touch you can feel you can taste beauty is uh, for us is a very well done uh, in handmade uh, way with a very strong history so when we talk about beauty in Italy, we talk about uh, Bernini, Michelangelo, La Cappella Sistina or uh, Leonardo da Vinci, but we talk even in a beautiful and amazing piatto di pasta e pomodori because the tomato is the best and uh, the pasta is made by hand. So it's the savoir-faire that makes beauty, cars for sure. So what is it about Japan, a country many thousands of miles away from Italy, that their culture fits into what I think you view as this Italian. kind of uh, this kind of obsession for beauty uh, we have uh, some elements in common not so many uh, we have uh, for sure uh, the necessity of the beauty more than other cultures around the world but for sure the Japanese looking for beauty in a totally different way we are more generous, we are more, uh, we come from Rinascimento, we come from Barocco, we have a lot of different style because in Italy during the years and the centuries we had a lot of different dominations. So our field is a multi-layers field because you can find French domination, Spanish domination, Arabic domination. In Venice and in Palermo you find exactly the same aesthetics of details. In Japanese they were close inside their border for centuries but they develop their own style, very linked with the nature, but they appreciate a certain kind of nature. If you see the Japanese garden is uh, without flowers, but is the perfection of all the different uh, stones put together. So they are obsessed by details more than us. Mm. They are obsessed by a certain sour fare, but when I say obsessed is that is, uh, they are really, really, they love these kind of things the difference between a perfection and another kind of perfection. Yes. Mm -hmm. These kind of things are very interesting in terms of style. Obviously, there's lots of places where yes. it complements. Yes. Are there any places whereby it doesn't, whereby it's like, actually, that is something that won't work with, with for sure. your aesthetic and vice versa? For sure, sometimes it's not so easy for some guests that we have on our limited edition to imagine that we are talking about a watch, mm -hmm. you know, we are talking about a giant sculpture or a building. So we have to guide sometimes their ideas because for sure, if I never met Sejima, I never met the invisible watch or I met in a different way. I, I can do it in a different way. So you have to find the, the, the opportunity to talk about the watch in a different way from a different point of view. Right. Now we are talking with a very important artist and uh, it's just at the beginning. I have no, no idea about uh, what's happened. 
it's uh, it's uh, four months that we have no emails, messages, and that's it. Japanese as well? No, it's not Japanese. Okay. But sometimes you find the idea. Sometimes you don't find the idea. We start some collaboration, and the watch doesn't come. No. Right. Okay. Interesting. Doesn't finish because you don't find the alchemy, mm-hmm. and you cannot pressure it. It's not like you can. Sometimes uh, you must make a certain pressure because you need to have a product. Some other times, sometimes happens. Sometimes doesn't happen. And obviously, because I was warned before I came in here that yes, you love watches, but bear in mind that the first conversations you and David had when we came in here was all about cars. <laughs> and the Japanese and Italians are also very well known for different approaches to totally luxury cars car and supercars and yes. that kind of yes. aesthetic. Do you see a crossover? Uh, no. In this case, it depends on different cultural approach. It depends on different land. Even. So you you can see that there's a combination possible in design for watches, but you think that you could never see a a, a collaboration between Ferrari and Honda. So I love Honda. Uh-huh. Uh, I have three uh, motorbikes uh, made by Honda, and I'm obsessed by Japanese motorbikes. I'm Italian, so we have a collaboration with Ducati. I love Ducati products, mm-hmm. but I have a different way to ride uh, my motorbikes. Even in Switzerland, could be very dangerous uh, because <laughs> you go directly to the jail <laughs> on your you, bike. Uh, yes, <laughs> with your bike uh, <laughs> on your bike exactly. So I decided to have a very quiet and calm approach. But anyway. Uh-huh. Um, in the automotive industry, the story is totally different because, again, uh, the Japanese uh, lives for centuries. They are on border and they start to have a look about the other cars after the Second World War. And it was uh, mostly American cars. The Japanese design uh, start today to have a certain uh, specific codes, but we have a lot of uh, very important cars designed by Japanese designers. For example, uh, Okuyama works for many years in Pininfarina. He is one of the father of the Ferrari. So the approach is totally different. I met Ken Okuyama. We have a collaboration. We designed uh, together a dial and Ken Okuyama works even on uh, Porsche. We have a lot of uh, Asian designers that work for European company. It's true that the European culture of cars uh, is the most well-known around the world, even the American one, but the, it's completely different. In Japan, you don't have a lot of space. That's why you are obliged to have a certain layout and packaging in terms of car. On US, it's the opposite. You can uh, drive straight away for uh, 10 hours. So it's a different wheelbase, it's a different engine. If you don't have a V8 in US, uh, <laughs> you don't have enough fun. So <laughs> that's a bit uh, the point. The European culture, I love more the car designers than the company because through the car designers, you can see a lot of amazing expression about uh, creativity and this kind of thing. So you can see the amazing design from Scaglione, from Aldo Brovarone, from Gandini, from so many, Giugiaro. So this for me, it's absolutely amazing. And this is the biggest difference between the European and the Japanese. The layout is different, the story is different, the aesthetic is different, uh, the proportions. So sometimes what I do is I go online uh, to Chrono24 and other places and I search for watches sold specifically in Japan. Because sometimes what I find is that from brands that I like, including Bulgari, I can find really, really cool like Diagonos and other yeah. stuff from a decade ago or whatever. Yeah. It's sold in Japan that you cannot yes. find anywhere else. Yes. So somehow that also translates into watches. But what you said about the size of cars, I was just trying to 
intersect that with the size of watches. And I feel like it's kind of true, but I'm not sure what your experience is. For many decades, Japan was one of the biggest markets for Bulgari. They love uh, Italian products. They love European products, but they love mostly Italian products. It's difficult to say why. I think uh, I spend a lot of uh, summer vacation in the Amalfi Coast. And when I have a business trip in Japan, I discover that they love Amalfi Coast. Mm -hmm. But I say, but why it's so far? Yeah. But I discovered that they have a very important film in their history about a couple that spend uh, the <laughs> vacation in the Amalfi Coast. Wow. Something happened. So the Amalfi Coast in Japan, thanks to this film, it's very popular. It becomes super famous. So at the end, you never know what's happened in different cultures. Italy is one of the most uh, well-known uh, place in the world because you can find a lot of different things. Everybody loves the Italian food, everybody loves the Italian arts, everybody loves the Italian way to talk with hands uh, yeah. and this kind of thing. So I think maybe even in the automotive industry, even in the history of uh, uh, product design, it's one of the most uh, well-known culture in the world in terms of aesthetics but the history of the Italian design is very easy after the second world war the, Itali the Italy was totally destroyed totally destroyed and a group of architects start to reinvent the house on the other hand for the first time you're gonna have the washing machine you're gonna have the frigidaire all the things that the, the US left mm -hmm. US army left on on the land right. what's what is this <laughs> so they start to create the new house around this kind of furniture and after they discovered the plastic they start to design and to imagine all the new stuff with this kind of new material that in terms of uh, design give you a lot of new opportunities and we love to play with the object we love to have fun in other different design culture german it's very well known american it's very well known for example the americans create uh, the industrial designers the consultancy was born in us the first one was raymond Lowe with the design the coca-cola bottle and after the train and after the the studebaker and after so many things in germany for the first time you find the design center inside the company the first design center as we know today was created by peter berens for the aeg peter berens say okay now we have to find the style for the company all the products that we produce gonna have the same style aeg is house appliances right yes mm -hmm. the very famous uh, design center was even the brown design center led by Dieter rams one of the most uh, incredible designer of our age so as you can see it depends the brown product are form for low functions the italian products are beauty for low functions it's very interesting uh, our language it's full of different uh, words very rich we don't have one word to say design we use an english word because in italy it's arte applicata all'industria applied art to the industry this is our concept about industrial design. It has to have the word art in exactly. it. Exactly. So the art, uh, it's too, okay, it's art, no constraints. But the engineering, it's too cold. So we try to put all together and say applied art to the industry. This is explain a bit our way to imagine the products. So what I wonder is uh, how this has worked throughout the history of watchmaking, for example. When was, were designers always within the company or were there like design studios or designers that they consulted, like Giorgenta, for example, mm -hmm. etc. So do you see any sort of development when it comes to that? Like whenever I go to watch manufacturers these days, I see designers sitting in front of huge screens yes. and doing 3D renders. It's a totally different world. Today we have a lot of designers that arrive to this kind of uh, world uh, um, 
they don't use any more uh, a ballpoint pen and paper. They work just with tablet, uh, with Photoshop, with Illustrator, with these kind of things. It's a, a totally different way to work. Thanks to the computerized designer, thanks to the old and new technology, the, just the limit that you have is your mind. Because with the computer, with all the softwares and the tools that you have, uh, if you are not able to imagine something because you don't have something in your mind, you don't have the ideas. The way that we have to work today, let me say, I can say that the opposite of the other watchmaking brand. Today, after 20 years of our manufacturing side, we have the watchmasters that come in Neuchâtel and say, Fabrizio, tell me which kind of complication you would love to have. So we start to design and the watchmasters start to imagine the movement. Not the make, other way around. Exactly. On the other watchmaking brand, you have the movement and after they try to have the best dial and the best case as possible. Yeah. In our, that's why you have Finissimo, because the movement and the aesthetic uh, works uh, together at the same level. It's always interesting to see sometimes big historic names bring out the same, same movement in a totally different packaging. Uh, oh, that collection didn't work. We tried it for like three, four years. It quiet, it's a big, big boom, when it, a big splash when it comes out and four years it just quietly goes away. Mm and then you know they repurchase stock or whatever and use the same movement in a different presentation but you can still see that it's the same dial layout <laughs> it's the same size whatever so it's it's difficult whereas whenever i look at the bulgari i feel like okay this is it's design that speaks to me first and then of course the moment you look at an octofinismo from any angle other than straight on you see that it's extremely thin and if you like watches you already know that that's difficult to do so yeah, there's exactly. a serious affair as well i think this is the secret behind the octo this is the secret behind all the very successful successful product in the car is the same sometimes you have a beautiful car with a very old engine with a very old chassis yes it's beautiful but you can sell a bit but at the end nobody cares or sometimes you see beautiful amazing engineering on the chassis on the engine but the, the aesthetics is horrible because it's uh, at the end you have this kind of compromise yes i love the the way to to drive but i don't like the aesthetics i like the aesthetic but it's so boring and so old when i drive it so it's difficult to find a problem. Maybe with your last car, you find uh, this kind of compromise. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. David's been car shopping. Yeah, exactly. I will not reveal what he's been car shopping for. <laughs> a beautiful car. But Seems like a nice yeah. Made by an Italian company, yeah. by yeah. Italian designers and Italian engineers. Yeah, so. <laughs> and it feels like it. <laughs> Take that way. With a lot of cylinders. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So obviously <laughs> you've explored as uh, Belgrade Japanese design aesthetic and culture quite extensively. There's been a number of releases over the years, a couple, uh, two or three actually for, for this particular show. So any other culture that personally attracts you yes. to exploring the design ethic? I have a lot of uh, things that attract me. Honestly, uh, sometimes it's not so easy to find the right balance. Uh -huh. uh, we start a collaboration, but in a certain moment after the first meeting, I say to Antoine, uh, nothing happens. Antoine Pen, the yes. technical director, yeah. No, no, my, the, the managing director of the business unit. Say, Antoine, nothing going to be possible to do. Mm -hmm. No, 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 you will see, we will see. After one week, uh, Fabrizio, they call me, mm, doesn't work. It's not so easy. It's not so easy. With Max, for example, with uh, MBNF, when we made uh, the, the Allegra flight, the Flying T was absolutely seamless. Fabrizio, I would love to, to work with you. The first time was too early. The second time during the Dubai Watch Week, now, Fabrizio, we can make it. I say, Max, now we're gonna make it. I start to study the brand. How can I add something to MBNF that is absolutely very well known? 
amazing design, uh, a very mechanical, it's a real machine that you can put on the wrist. But in a certain moment I've seen the, the flying tea movement and they say this is an amazing opportunity for us because we are very well known as a jewel maker that we use cabochon cut, very huge stones, but we cannot use it on our watches. This is our biggest frustration due to the thickness. And I, when I see this dome, I say, Max, we're going to make uh, stones everywhere. It was during the lockdown, a Zoom meeting. So, okay, we have the idea to work with the flying tea. For us, it works. Uh, for you, what do you think? What do you think about that, Max? <laughs> Great, <laughs> fantastic. Okay, see you next month for the next meeting. We arrive with the, with the perfect rendering. This was the amazing collaboration. No ego. It's not before Bulgari and after MBNF, MBNF and before and, uh, and after Bulgari. It's not my, I have to design this, you have to design that. No, because your part is bigger than mine. It was absolutely, what do you think? Uh, I have the idea to have this UFO because you love UFO. You have the dome, you have a round shaped bezel. So I would love to put all the diamonds like a small, uh, I don't know, I, how can I say it? It's look like a, a cake. It's look like, a, wow, fantastic. Go ahead, go ahead. And, this is sometimes you start the discussion. No, but I prefer this one. No, but I would love. No, this is uh, come on. Doesn't work for us. Right. Ah, okay. If doesn't work, okay. Doesn't work, okay. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. It's not so easy. But you also had the know-how to lean on when it comes to the execution of the whole thing. Yes, but on the collaboration, you have two things: the execution, but the most important one: uh, you and your guests have to be aligned. Otherwise, the execution doesn't even happen. It doesn't come exactly. to that point. Exactly. And you can see just the, the, the collaboration that, that are very well done. But we have a lot of collaboration that at the end, uh, never you will see on the market. So it strikes me that you might be the kind of person that has a notebook beside his bed that wakes up in the middle of the night with an idea and yes, has to write it yes, down yes. before he then wakes up and forgets and yeah, has another exactly, one. Exactly. No, I that's why I have always uh, pen markers on my uh -huh. pocket because when I have an image on my mind, if I don't make sketches, it's uh, lost forever. So bearing in mind, we're obviously going to keep this entirely secret and no one's ever going to hear. What's in the front of that notebook right now? What's the last idea that you wrote down that you said, oh, I need to have a look at that or find somebody to... Make that uh, this morning I, was w I wake up with an idea about a product very interesting. I don't know why in a certain moment today with Instagram, with Zoom, uh, we are full of inspirations and opportunities, let me say. Honestly, today when I make sketches, uh, I have two kind of approach. Uh, the first one is to make a product that I need mm -hmm. and it's going to be on the market in the next uh, two years. Right. Or I start to make sketches just because I want to put uh, elements together. It's difficult to reply to your question because <laughs> to today I have more ideas about concept uh, and sometimes it's not so easy to make uh, sketches about the ideas but I have to, I have to tell to someone to yeah. because otherwise <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sorry uh, uh, the universe needs exactly. it recorded what do you need what do you think but in the creative process we have different steps the first one when you have the image in I have my the image in my mind and I start to make sketches in this moment the idea is very very fragile that's why you don't want to show to other people because uh, you cannot accept the comments because even the idea it's not still with the right form uh, with the right shape in your mind you start to design you make another sketch you make another sketch the idea start to have an evolution that it start to be strong enough to show to the others it's like a very small baby at the beginning this is my process 
And when I make sketches in my office and someone comes in and says, oh, this is good, very interesting, I start to cover it because I don't want to hear comments because can change completely my point of view and my perception about the idea. When I have enough sketches, when I'm sure that the idea is okay, I start to show and I start even the discussion with my team and we start to imagine the product. This was exactly the same for the Octo Finissimo sketch. We're looking for something to celebrate the 10th anniversary, we tried different with different ways. It was not possible due to the thickness of the dial, always the same problem with the Finissimo. At a certain moment I say, guys, uh, we have to do something. Why don't we put the first sketch that we made, one of the sketch, the first sketch that we made about the octo on the dial. But I say, no, come on, it's a very stupid idea. Who are interested in these kind of things to have a sketch on a dial? No, 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 it's fantastic. We're going to make it. Eight months of development just for this simple dial. Again, like Sejima, it looks very simple, but it's very difficult. Right. Sometimes you have some ideas, but during the, the weeks, during the day, you say, mm, this is not enough, it's not good enough, and, and you put on. And you just go back to the basics sometimes. Yes. Right? I see even here, like a little bag full of <laughs> various colors of Sharpies and stuff for yes, you. Yes, I have um, some markers, some oh, pens, oh, some some even, pens, got, even uh, got one of the pens rollers, that's got multiple. Uh, yes, uh, yes, uh, yeah. Multiple nibs on it, like you would have at school. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> are you a musician? I would love to have. If I'm, I spend all my life to make sketches, unfortunately, I'm not able to play. But this is my biggest regret. regret. Right. Yes. I would love to play pianos, I would love to play guitars. My father was a musician, but uh, I spend uh, honestly all my life, I start to make sketches when I was four, and my mother said, Fabrizio spent three, four, five hours on ah. the floor making sketches. But this is my biggest regret, yeah. uh, because uh, even on the music, when you are a musician, you create something. I have a, maybe a strange idea, because uh, your music is, uh, is alive, uh, just in the moment you can exactly. play it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's something that uh, the sketch you can put on the wall and you, you can see is, is there. Mm -hmm. And you can come back to it later. It's exactly. not like you can the stop playing. The music you are obliged yeah. to play because otherwise uh, it doesn't exist. And yeah. this is something very interesting for me, but I, you yeah. know, honestly, it's my biggest regret. I think we are very glad the watches that we've seen today exist. That was certainly our comment. <laughs> that it's just great to see stuff that, you know, has come out of yeah. the collaborations that you've created that you probably wouldn't if you'd sat down in a design studio with a computer and didn't have the relationships with the people you would just never create mm. so i know it's really great to have seen the watches that we've seen today in geneva so thank you very much for joining us david some closing thoughts yeah no this is just amazing i look forward to next year and hopefully <laughs> even sooner to chat with fabrizio again yeah <laughs> thank you so much thank you very much for joining us fabrizio thank you so much it was a great pleasure cheers everyone well we do hope you enjoyed that i have to say I've obviously had to listen to it two or three times during the editing process and I actually get something more out of it every time I listen to it. There's wee, there's wee asides, there's wee bits and pieces of insight that it gives, so maybe you even want to listen to it again if, if you're a glutton for punishment. We thank you to everybody at Bulgari who made this possible. David, who have we got to thank for the production credits on this show? It's absolutely good to be Francis from Bulgari North America and Kiara from the Bulgari HQ in Neuchâtel, Switzerland. So thank you to both of them for making this possible. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. And you never know, we might make it a habit of releasing more than one show in a week. 
who can tell? But <laughs> in any event, do listen out for our usual show uh, every Thursday. You can find it at a blog to watch weekly or at Spending Time on your podcast. So thanks for joining us. Say goodbye, David. Thanks, everyone. See you at the next one. Cheerio. Cheerio.